Welcome to the Mastering Fulfillment Podcast, where we focus on bridging success with fulfillment in your personal, business, and spiritual life. And now your hosts, Scott Berry and Joshua Wenner. Hello and welcome back to the Mastering Fulfillment Podcast. In part two of our Mastering Freedom series, we dive a little bit deeper on how financial freedom adds or takes away from our overall fulfillment. I think this is a really big one because when you can at least uh, take that part of your life, you know, and increase your financial blueprint to to a point to where um, maybe the monetary side and the financial side isn't completely passive and completely um, automatic, but you you have it you have it integrated into your life in a way that there's a flow to it and in a flow that is more easeful and a flow that allows more freedom for for other opportunities and you know almost even tying it back to you know what you just talked about you know because you love these things like the documentary and i know uh how expensive it is to create a documentary, not because I've created one, but because me and you are so close. And I've seen just how much energy and effort and, and time and money that you've put into this thing to, to really make it, you know, not just this little documentary, but to actually be something that's world-class that actually has um, not only good content, but also has a, it's also delivered in a way that, is enjoyable to watch, which I think is almost as, as crucial as the content itself. And so, you know, that takes a lot of money. And so ultimately I think, you know, part of your process too, it, as it was with mine is to project in a way that says, okay, what would it possibly look like for me to be financially free enough to where I'm not having to spend, you know, the vast majority of my time and hours dedicated to income and wealth building, but I can have that um, to a point where I've either built up a little bit of a payout, I've built up some residual passive income, or I've, I've built up my life in a way that has allowed me the extra financial cushion to be able to go down these roads of you know new ventures and not have to stress as much on you know, whether I'm going to get paid, when I'm going to get paid, how much it's going to cost me. You're still aware of those things, but it's not a, it's not as a critical driver of those decisions where you can start making more of those heart-based decisions on what you want to do, what your contribution is based on what your heart wants and, and not be hindered as much um, by the financial side. And I think when you can really start to get this uh, item in your life, the more in a flow, it doesn't have to be where it's like, oh yeah, you know, I've got this, this big startup payout, you know, and our company got bought and I never have to work again. You know, that's great for some people. And I know some people that that's actually worked for them, but I would say the vast majority of people that it's, it's a little bit of a, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Where where it's just, it's it's the pie in the sky uh, analogy. Um, but I think there's a way to really get a grasp on the financial side of your life to where 
the thought, anxiety about thinking about the cost of doing stuff that you love to do doesn't hinder your, your freedom. I remember hearing a phrase, the true definition of wealth is how long can you live without having to make money anymore? And I think that's the ultimate thing that's driving me. And there's ways that people can do it with just saving year after year. I've heard of like, you know, post office, a post office man who just saved for 30 or 40 or 50 years. I forget the actual number, but he retired a millionaire. Uh, you know, so there's ways to do it that. There's ways to do it through an exit. There's ways to create income and live your life in a way that feels open and free where you can do what you want. Uh, there's some great tools like the seven buckets, um, which has been helpful. A lot of guys have used, I've used it where you put like a giving bucket and a spending bucket and a, a fun bucket and you kind of plan your life in advance and, and that's felt really freeing or you didn't change how much you made, but you just saw these buckets. So the fun bucket had money in it. And if you didn't spend it, you got to go spend it. Or I remember when I first did it, there was a giving bucket and any, if people asked for money, I felt great that I could always just give and I would just transfer money to my account uh, from the giving account. And so I think there's ways that you can feel free and it doesn't always have to mean you have to go all into a startup and give up your life and then have a big exit. That's one way. You can, another way could be having an, uh, you know, just a regular a, a job that you're passionate about and you put it into buckets or a fixed amount of income and then you feel free because you see you've been planning ahead for those buckets of what's in it. I think there could be also ones of saving for something and investing in a house or a vehicle or something that brings that makes you feel really, really free. Um, and I think there's also ways of like creating a lifestyle business or something where you have the income that comes, but instead of, you know, tied to a job working nonstop, maybe you work 20 hours a week and you make good money. So it's, so I think there's a lot of different ways to have financial freedom, you know, not just on in the bank account, but how we look at it and what we do with it. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think the one caveat that I would maybe add to it or even challenge it would be, it doesn't necessarily, I, I, at least my definition, I don't feel like I have to, in order for me to feel financially free, I have to have a point where I have enough money to where I don't have to work or I just have enough of a nest egg. To me, I think financially freedom means that the things that I love to do in my life aren't necessarily hindered, even though I may think about them and you know, I'll, I'll still judge is, you know, I don't want to be overpaying for stuff or getting ripped off. But at the same token, I don't want to have to not do something that I love to do based on money. Uh, meaning like, so if I'm going to like this whole trip that I, that I took with Michelle, whenever there was a, a really great excursion, yes, if there was three or four different opportunities, it's like, hey, we're going to go, you know, I think we did uh, hella ice glaciering in New Zealand and that was one option. And then we're like, there was another option, I think. One was like $600. The other one was like $2,200. I'm like, oh, we'll, we'll do the $600 one for the day. Um, we were still discerning with the money, but it didn't hinder what we wanted to do. And, and, and for me, I feel like getting your life set up in a way that you're able to do the things that you love to do, even if you are still working, but it's not hindered because you have to work excess hours or you don't have the money where, you know, the, the money issue doesn't really come into play for you stopping what your heart wants. And, um, you know, like I, I agree with you is, is being a little bit more focused on how you spend your money, your relationship to money, the energetics that you have with money. And to me, I think just as important as making money and 
budgeted and saving, I think almost more important is where you spend your money. And I, I, I that that's always been a really big one for me is, um, yes, you, I, I know a lot of people that make a lot of money, but they also spend a lot of money and it, it, um, yeah, it really baffles me for someone that can make, you know, a quarter of a million dollars a year and not feel financially free. You know, me and you know people that make half a million dollars and don't feel financially free. And, you know, we have friends that are, you know, kind of this uh, gypsy lifestyle, you know, that, that will like travel to, to Bali and to Hawaii and they're always on the road and, you know, they make 40000 a year, but they seem free. And they seem financially free and they seem really happy. So, you know, obviously it, it dictates what your own uh, personal value system is and, and what being financially free means to, uh, to each individual. But I, but I feel like some of the more basic things of, of freedom, if you start to like break up the whole freedom pie, is uh, financially free just because, um, yes, money isn't everything, but because money is such a big resource that dictates so much in what we do. Um, you know, if you love to travel or you love to hike or you like, you know, e- even very basic things, it takes money it takes money to get on that plane. It takes money to, you know, have that really nice backpack or shoes or food or whatever it happens to be in order to express those, you know, and a lot of times it's a lot less than, than what you think. But I, but I think that, you know, that one of the two biggest things, if you could really have a flow and freedom in your life, it's the monetary side and then the physical side, you know, I think that's another big one. Um, you know, people that have lost limbs or, you know, have, have, um, you know, other types of health impairments, you know, to where, you know, as much as, you may want to go hike Kilimanjaro or you want to go do these other things that you can't because of physicality. Um, so, you know, t- to me, those are almost at the, at the forefront. And then from there, everything else kind of, um, you know, kind of like branches off in, into these other, into these other areas of freedom. So, you know, I hear what you're saying when you're, when you're talking about like, you know, like building and, and uh, you know, being able to, to, to really have this freedom to, be able to, um, you know, do these men's retreats. Cause I mean, I would imagine that even at the end of the day, I believe that you should be paid the gifts that you do is you're providing a ton of value. Yet at the same token, um, you know, I know that there are parts of your offering, you know, since I've done the men's retreat with you that you, uh, gift it to, I, th- I think it's, um, like, like veterans or something. And, you would never want to be in a place to where you're like, well, I don't have enough money. So it's like, I, I can't, I can't extend that, that offer to them. And I think that's part of your uh, motivation for being financially free is to have that uh, ability and those options to be able to, to kind of extend uh, those type of, those type of items. Yeah. You know, I, I think in addition to that, um, I loved what you said too. I have a buddy in Bali right now that we both know, and he's living for three fifty a month in this amazing villa. So again, I think there's part of part of the experience where you can totally be financially free if you're able to make a certain amount of living and love what you do, and also live the lifestyle. I think that makes you feel free. So I think a lot of it's the feeling. Um, depends on where you're living. If you're living in Bali and you're making yeah. two grand a month and it costs you five hundred, you may feel super free. Um, working 10 hours a week or whatever totally. it is, you know, and, and have fun the rest of your life. Yeah. And I think on the same sense, um, the only other thing I would add, the physical body, I'd also add the 
financials, but I'd also add the emotional to me is another big one with freedom because I think there's a lot of people that may have the money. I even see guys that come into the retreats. They have the money. They can buy any toy that they want. Um, they have their physical health. There's nothing wrong with it, but emotionally they have trauma from their past or something that just they can't get away from. Um, and it keeps just destroying them. So I think there's the emotional side is just one more to me that I feel is also a, a, a big one. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, let's dive just a little bit deep on that one because I think you, I think you're so, you're really onto something there that if, 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 if you don't feel like you're mentally free or I, I guess, um, emotionally free, um, that it's it's hard to feel like you have freedom in all these other areas of your life. So um, why don't you, because I know that you've done a lot of work on this and you've worked with a lot of people, especially a lot of men on this. Um, why don't you kind of explain a little bit more about what you mean about uh, having freedom in this area and what you've seen in terms of uh, people that don't have freedom in this area and, and where they've been a little bit hindered in this area. Yeah, great point. I think where a lot of people are hindered is is you know we go through life as children, and um, and things happen, and and we're not really taught how to deal with loss or how to deal with trauma, and so when it happens, we typically put it in a box and um, act tough, if you will, or we put on a mask, or we're you know, and it comes. I think from a number of ways, it comes from. Hold on, Shakti, get down. Um. <laughs> Kitty interruption, kitty break. Cat strikes again. <laughs> she was chilling the whole time and then she came over and wanted to get involved. So, you, you know, I think it starts from a number of ways. I think as, as men, um, a lot of times we've gone through divorce with our parents. Maybe a mother or a father wasn't there for us. Um, I find there's, I just read a statistic from Lewis Howes that one in six men are sexually abused. I find it's almost 50% at my the retreats that I have. Um, that share it, that are open to share it. And if it's none of those things, I find sometimes it's abuse in the sense of peer group. You know, we weren't accepted from a peer group when we were a kid. Um, the team that we wanted to be on, you know, whatever it was, we felt our body was off or we didn't come from money and the kids made fun of us because we didn't have clothes. Or I think there's so many ways that we're kind of, we go through forms of abuse as children and pain, and we're not really taught the tools how to deal with them. And so we develop these hard outer core masks and these masks protect us from, um, from feeling that pain. And a lot of times those, those masks actually serve us in creating wealth or creating our bodies or attracting partners or whatever it is, but they're the, uh, you know, those parts of ourselves that are still in us that haven't been processed continue to resurface and they're triggered by deaths that we go through or losses that we go through or, big pain points we go through trigger those same core wounds from childhood that we've never fully processed. So that's, that's at least my experience of what it is. And so the way it looks like is we're, we don't know why quite what it is, but we need to get away. They call it kicking the can. Everything will be going great. And then a guy will go in the garage and start kicking the can for no reason and doesn't really know why, but doesn't want to be around family or his partner or whatever's going on. And, and same thing can happen at, at home. You don't even have to have a partner and all of a sudden you notice yourself isolating and maybe moving to numbing or avoiding or doing something. And when that happens, a lot of times there's something from the past that's being triggered and we haven't really learned tools to feel it. So instead of feeling it, we kind of move to something to avoid it. I still do it. I mean, even though I practice this work, I practice where, you know, tools to, to solve it. I still catch myself doing it and then have to practice going in and feeling like, oh, what's going on? 
oh, did I just feel a sense of rejection or did I just feel uh, I'm not enough or whatever these things are. It's just the more and more comfortable we get with feeling them and acknowledging them and, and unloving those parts of ourselves, um, I'd say the less self-sabotage we experience, the less trauma we experience um, repeating that pattern later in life. So, and I'm kind of speaking in a broad range on a lot of different subjects, but I, how it affects guys is I see guys that are, they just got some heaviness they can't shake or they feel stuck, like kind of stuck in a rut or they feel uh, confused. They're super confused. They're in and out, one foot in, one foot out of a relationship or a job or something in their life they don't have clarity about because they're in their head. If they were actually in their heart, they'd be able to feel their truth. But they're in their head and they're kind of caught with some form of trauma and they're they're not yeah. in their heart. So I find... Um, um, again, that's to me what the, what it looks like. And the reason it doesn't feel free is if you're in a relationship and you don't know if she's the one and you don't know if you should stay or leave, that does not feel free. Uh, if you are in a job and you're kind of mixed, should I stay? Do I leave? What do I do? And you don't have clarity, you don't feel free. You know, when you're, um, when something happens and you, no matter what, you just, this thing keeps showing up and you feel like you isolate and self-sabotage or blow up relationships or partnerships or whatever it is or you play the same pattern over and over again, and you don't know how to get out of it, you're not free. You're stuck playing out some other pattern and stuck in reaction from your past. So so to me, that's the emotional freedom that gives us the sense of uh, freedom because we can feel our hearts, even though it may be painful or uncomfortable to go through that process. Once we go through it, we're like, ah, here's my, here's my core. Now I'm clear. I'm clear. I either leave the relationship. It's not the right one. And I was afraid to leave. Or, and I was afraid to hurt her or whatever we've been lying to ourselves about, or, you know what, this is my one, I'm just scared to get hurt. I'm going to break through that and go, go, you know, commit to her or him or whatever. So again, uh, to me, that's where the freedom ties in is if you're not clear and we're not clearly moving towards something and fear is stopping us or confusion or uh, numbing, distracting, avoiding, playing small, you know, not stepping into our fullness, our brightness and going all in. To me, that's it's something emotional um, that's limiting us, and we don't always have the tools to deal with it. I, I was never taught tools. I was taught achievement tools, which is to break through, which is to push farther, not to be gentle and, and gentler and go within. So that's my experience of kind of the emotional emotional side of it, kind of what, what gets in the way um, in, in that whole process. And, and here's, the, here's the really tricky thing with feeling emotionally free is with the physicality side, your body, um, your health, the financial side, and other areas of of freedom uh, that we'll get into later. These are usually things that we're aware of. The emotional freedom side the parts where we may be hindered, I would say the vast majority of time, we're not aware of the subconscious programming that is actually uh, dictating a lot of our actions, a lot of our behaviors, and creating these um, you know, sometimes very unhealthy patterns over and over and over again. You know, A lot of times that, yeah, we may have had trauma where we were really young and may not even even realized it or thought that we had gotten over it, yet we find ourselves playing 
certain patterns with the same, you know, you talked about um, abuse and sexual abuse. And, you know, we may have thought that we have really gotten past a lot of that, yet we find ourselves with the same types of issues or sabotaging this, um, you know, not the same relationships, but the same type of sabotage through different relationships over and over again. And, and a lot of times I think that the tricky part is a lot of times we're not aware of these. And, um, but I think a lot of times what we are aware of is the heaviness of not being free, the heaviness of not feeling emotionally free in these areas. And I think this is where, because it can be a, a little more elusive, this is where we've kind of created um, you know, stories in our minds. And sometimes we've created stories to protect us, stories to uh, help us survive, which were critical in, you know, some of those hard and dark periods, but don't necessarily serve our betterment as we move forward into brighter light, growth, expansion, and empowerment. So, you know, again, I think this is where, you know, having really great community, working with someone who can can look at it and reflect on it from a third party perspective is is ridiculously uh, valuable because a lot of times these are not areas that we tend to see um, just because they've either been running in the, in the background too much or um, you know it's 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 sometimes it's just too painful to see um, you know come across that that kind of um, you've you've seen some of that stuff in 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 your perspective. Totally, yeah, I think that happens quite a bit. Is we go through things and they're painful and we don't want to deal with them because they're pain but my experience is they may if they don't like it may not go away you know it's like it's like knock knock (laughs) knock 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 still here still here so i think sometimes we're trying to run from things that we can't run from and yeah you know that's that was my greatest lesson in the film and through the documentary journey of grief to grace is really learning like what are the parts of my life I can't fix or I can't get over or I can't move through or I can't change my state and feel better. Like what are the parts of life that may always be there and they may continue to surface and I have to learn better tools to love those. I have to learn better tools to be with those areas when they surface. I have to learn better tools um, to identify when they're surfacing and to recognize them sooner, to be gentler towards them and to love them. And to me that's there's, there's the peak performance where it's, we're in kind of a funk and we need to break through that day. And you got to, I mean, I'm at the office doing pushups with my partner all the time and we do them quite a bit. It's like you get tired. You're kind of feeling like your day is done. You get down and do 50 pushups, 60 pushups. You get energy again. You get up and, and get more stuff done. So there's things you can do to do that. And then there's things that may continue to surface that have nothing to do with pushups. It's, you know, it's just, it's, it's acknowledging those parts of ourselves that feel Uh, pain or they feel broken or they feel sad or heart when I say broken heartbroken you know a lot of times we and it base it's based on the core premise of we fall in love we fall in love with the dream a vision an idea a person a thing something and when we lose that thing um, we experience loss and that loss is as heartbreak we're heartbroken because we fell in love could have been our parents together it could have been the way that life was and we were these innocent kids and then life's not innocent anymore. We're heartbroken because we thought it was innocent and we were sexually abused or we were, um, our parents didn't make it and we thought the perfect picture and then they're divorced or we thought people were nice and then kids beat us up and humiliated us or 
You know, we thought a loved one was a, a caretaker and we felt safe and then they sexually abused and violated us. You know, so there's all these things that happen as children where we, we, we fall in love. Unconsciously, we didn't know we were in love until it shattered. And that shattering, that pain is so painful that we bury it so deep. And then as we go through life, we're taught not to be vulnerable, not to feel. So those parts of our heart that feel vulnerable, that feel weak, um, if we do share them, we're picked upon by other kids or attacked. So we learn to cover up our vulnerabilities and to hide our vulnerabilities and to bring out these thick, strong masks that use intelligence or physicality or strength or wit or sarcasm or whatever we use as a tool um, to uh, not show our weakness and to misdirect the energy. And to be, so it's like we've developed these over years and years and years. And then some other trauma happens and we put it in a box and some other hap- trauma happens and we put it in a box. And so imagine we have these rooms full of boxes of these traumas that we've been basically shoving down, not wanting to feel and continue to show these masks. And we wonder why we're in a relationship and then we self-sabotage. It's because there's fucking a whole room full of boxes of shit we've never dealt with. And it starts to surface and then we don't have the tools to deal with them. And we think we're weak because we feel them and we, we've been taught not to feel them. So, so to me, it's recognizing those, identifying those, practicing feeling when it's uncomfortable, um, being really gentle with ourselves, really loving, uh, communicating to the people in our lives, including ourselves, um, and really honoring the body, honoring the body from the years that it's dealt with our pain. Um, and forced us into our heads to protect us and, and feeling safe to go into our bodies again um, and learn the, yeah. the language of the body, if you will, through feeling. Yeah. Um, and um, to me, that's what's bringing emotional freedom or what I feel like is emotional intelligence and leadership training is really we're learning to lead from the heart when we learn how to feel. We don't go from our heads anymore. We learn to lead from the heart. And when we can learn to lead from the heart, we can feel in ourselves, we can feel in our partner, we can feel what the truth is uh, when we're leading from the head. We're, we're from past fears, you know, or, or, you know, future fears, past projections of the past. We don't want to get hurt. And, and so we're, we're blaming, we're running, we're hiding, we're fighting. It's all this drama, but when we can identify it and have emotional intelligence, we can go, ah, I'm being triggered. What's going on? Ah, this is my, my, my pain for my trauma. Uh, let me feel that we can go into our hearts and be present with that feeling, acknowledge that feeling. Um, and then we can be in our hearts and feel the truth and communicate to our partners. Hey, this has nothing to do with you. I'm being triggered from this story from my past and um, I'm going to move through it, but I'm just communicating what's going on. So I think there's some, it's not every context. It's not every situation, you know, but I'm just giving an example. That's what's setting me free is like actually feeling like I can identify what's going on. I can love it in me and have compassion for that energy. And I'm not reacting anymore. And I still react. It's not like it goes away but I can identify where the reaction comes from and trace it back to the root. And that to me feels emotionally free. Cause I feel like I'm, I'm connected to that. I'm not like stuck trying to solve something that feels like a, an endless puzzle that I don't know the answers to, or an endless maze that I don't know where the entrance is. And I keep searching instead. It feels like, ah, I can, Oh, this is what it is. And I can follow it and know what it is and have tools to work with it. And so to me, I feel emotionally free. It doesn't mean it goes away. It doesn't mean it's fixed doesn't mean it's gone. It just means knowing that I know how to handle it and I know how to work with it and be with it and love it. To me, that feels free. You know, I, I, I just want to repeat this because it is so critical to, to, to one's fulfillment and freedom. And it's so interesting how I don't think you can have a truly fulfilled life if you don't feel free. You know, I think this is one of those just really 
key fundamental things that you have to really have as as a feeling in your core that you just feel free and the emotional side of it, the emotional freedom side, just to really tack on what Josh said, because this is a point that's just, it it, it bears repeating because it is so important is that it's not about necessarily fixing everything or, you know, um, you know, going through life to where you're not worried about uh, falling down or hard traumas or whatever it happens to be like, all these things are still going to come up. But the difference is you're not debilitated by it, right? The, the harsh judgment that you may have on it isn't as debilitating, isn't weighing you down as much. And so there's a, there, there's a level of lightness. There's a level of forgiveness. There's a level of acceptance that you have. And this whole new perspective that I am, I am perfect. I am complete with all of my imperfections, you know, with all of my hardships, you know, with all of my old traumas that came in. And what's really interesting is a lot of time where the freedom comes about is this whole shift, if you will, about loving all of these pieces of ourselves and, 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 and really um, forgiving a lot of the, 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 the people that have may have harmed us and forgiving ourselves for, you know, maybe judging ourselves and other people as harshly. And to, to, to see that from a different perspective and love it from a different perspective, I think when you start to come in that place, and it is not a, it's not an easy thing to do. It's, it's why you spend a weekend on it to just start to really scratch the surface of it. Even though you do get breakthroughs, there's, there's so much more underneath that. But that's why you know, so many people leave your retreat and they feel lighter, right? And that lightness corresponds to feeling a little bit more free. And that freedom is... I know that as I start to move through life and these tools aren't designed to necessarily help you avoid all the hard traumas, pitfalls, like that's always going to happen. The way you react to them, it could be different. The way you react to them, the way you let them uh, kind of come into your life, that's different. And you have a choice with that. Now, it may be hard, but I, I can say that when things come up that are, that, are, that are hard and traumatic, I mean, we are going to lose loved ones. You know, We are going to have crazy upsets from things in which we had these expectations that things were going to look a certain way. Like We are going to have our quote-unquote dream shattered multiple times before we transition on this earth, but it's that... It's that that resignation that we have, that we have the, the the tools and that belief in our own strength, our own resiliency and our strength that we're going to persevere through anything that, you know, look, we may not get through it in a day or even five years, but we're going to get through it and that we're ultimately going to be stronger because of it. I think that's when just the the, the lightness and the freedom really starts to to 
um, unravel. And I think that's when uh, true fulfillment really starts to come into play, but it's, it, it is really tough. And it's one of those things where it is a constant um, practice and it's something that will always be coming into your life and you'll be challenged through some of the most, you know, close family members, people in your life. And, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is the work, but, but I will say if you're willing to step into the fire now, it starts to get progressively easier. It may not always ever get to a point where it's always easy, but it gets easier. I agree. And I also feel like there's a deep, you know, like just being able to feel from your heart that in itself starts to feel free because you can make decisions from your heart and you have clarity. And to me, the clarity brings freedom. And then you start to follow those internal voices and be supported by it. And I feel like that's when everything starts to change. So just supporting that, I totally agree. Absolutely. And so, you know, going back to what I said earlier as one of the fundamentals of, of really feeling free, I, I would almost probably say that that may be the most paramount thing um, above anything else. Because I think once you come from that place, it's like, wow, now I can feel like I can do anything else. Um, what's really interesting is people who don't necessarily free in this area will uh, sometimes overcompensate. You'll see people who are very successful, maybe financially or and all these other areas, but um, they don't feel free emotionally. And so ultimately their, their level of fulfillment uh, isn't very high. So, um, you know, that, that's a, that's a whole show topic on itself, but I'm really glad that you brought that up, Josh, because it is so, so critical. And so before we move on to the next section, part three, freedom in relationships, I'd like to tack on just one additional study that they did, I believe it was a few years ago, where they really took this whole aspect of how much does money influence happiness, or I guess on this podcast, influence fulfillment. So what they did was they really looked at, and this was mostly a study that was based in the United States, that at what point does money bring in additional happiness? And what they found was once it hit around a certain level that anything above that level didn't bring in any additional happiness, but money that was below that level actually decreased your happiness just a little bit. And what that threshold was is at what point do you have enough money to basically take care of the basic needs, right? Food, safety, shelter. Like what are the things that you need in order for you to feel safe? Now, again, going back to what we just talked about earlier, it's that feeling, right? It's that feeling of safety and that's that, that feeling of safety for you and your family happens to coincide with this feeling of freedom, right? That you're not going to be cold at night, that you're not going to get sick, that you have money for medicine, that, you know, uh, someone isn't going to mug you in the middle of the night, right? That's that's really important to, to have that feeling of safety, which in turn, um, you know, creates this feeling of, of f- fulfillment. So what they found on average for the, now this was for a household, was that level of monetary income was right around $65,000, you know, again, this is going to be a little bit different for, you know, maybe people in California where it's a little you know higher cost of living and then people in the Midwest. But 
roughly around 65,000. Anything below that, it was harder to pay their bills. It was harder to put gas in their car, et cetera, et cetera. And not having those resources actually created a little bit more stress and actually created a little bit more unhappiness. But what they found was once once people's income started going above that threshold, and you know, for some people it's 100 grand, some people it's 50, that the the extra amount of income was not directly correlated to the extra amount of happiness that one felt. So, you know, on the financial side, it's not, it, the financial side is not going to create fulfillment, but what it does is it helps create a sense of, of safety and, and takes care of your needs like medical and everything else. So I thought that was a really interesting study and I wanted to share that before we moved on to the next topic. Thanks and stay tuned for part three, Freedom in Relationships. Are you ready to take your personal, relational or business fulfillment to the next level? With one-on-one personal support, co-developed strategies and accountability, Scott and Joshua have the tools, compassion and years of experience helping people just like you live an extraordinary life. Visit MasteringFulfillment.com for details. If you enjoyed this show, we would be so grateful if you left a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This helps us out immensely. Thank you so much.